Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Good morning on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic, hosted by Jeff Kowal and Aaron Spitzner from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Good morning, Aaron Spitzner. Good morning, Paul. It's great to be here today. Jeff Kowal, uh, a pleasant morning to you. <laughs> Good morning, Paul. Uh, you know, the show today uh, is here for a background on the Kowal Investment Group, which we'll do in just a little bit. The Kowalway.com will get you started. And Aaron, you're going to kind of lead the way on this first topic. But check out the Kowalway.com. And coming up, we've got Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute for business owners. Coming up, we've got Sexy Segment, Jeff Kowal. I don't know if you're doing that today or... Uh... Well, Spitz has it today. Yeah, you're handing over the reins? We're taking, we're taking advantage of, of Aaron Spitzer, the wonderful Aaron Spitzer being there today. He's part of your awesome staff, Jeff, that um, do market updates on a daily basis, Monday through Friday. And Spitzner, those are basically a recap of the day's market activities. Yeah, and unfortunately lately it, it hasn't been great news, uh, but we, we do try to give you an idea of what's going on, how it affects your portfolio, your 401k and re- retirement assets, and, and try to put something more positive in there too. You know, it, it, you know we often get, um, uh, I, I guess, sucked into this negative uh, news, and this market news oftentimes spills over to the regular nightly news when things are more volatile, but it's important to also focus on the, the positive things as a lot of us are invested for the long term. Uh, the big picture and Jeff Kowal, that's your your niche is retirement. And the retirement clinic has a name for a reason called the clinic. You specialize in retirement planning, Jeff. That's right. If you have $750,000 or more, so if you have a million, two million, five million, ten million dollars or more, close to or already in retirement, we care deeply about your success in retirement. We want to make sure that that you only have to retire once, that you don't have to go back to work. Uh, Spitzer, Aaron is a big part of what we do with regard to making sure that your planning is excellent once you are close to already in retirement. So if that's you, if that describes you, uh, give us a call at 262-522-4040 or go online at thekowalway.com and schedule your initial consultation. Well, we got a lot to do today on the Retirement Clinic with Aaron Spitzner seating right next to me. He's going to kick off uh, the first topic of the day, Aaron. Yeah, I got some some good stuff and it's uh, it's time tested. These are It's an article from... Morningstar, and it's a, a down market survival guide for retirees. Um, and there's also some tips in there for pre-retirees as well. Um, but the main focus is on if, if you're retired and things you could be doing right now um, in this down market to to kind of calm yourself down. And, and then there's some other things to to maybe take advantage of this, this down market um, and I'll jump right into it here. Actually, before I jump into this one, I do have another one coming up later on that I think is going to be pretty interesting. But not saying that this article isn't interesting, uh, I, but there's some good stuff coming up here. I, where also, we, I have a question real quick, yeah. Aaron, before you start with this. I, in a down market, and specifically, I know people that have been like looking to retire and it's been a bad week or a bad month or maybe it is a down market, whatever the case is, um, it's the... I always sense, what a horrible time for me to retire. The markets are down. I think you're going to explain throughout the show today that it is the big picture kind of thing. 
that we've always had markets that go up and down. And I think maybe sometimes we overreact to those daily ups and downs. Yeah, we, we can overreact. And, and there's about four or five tips in here to, to – um I kind of address that. Um, if you did recently retire, things you could be doing a little bit different to, to calm your nerves. Um, but the first thing here is, is checking out your liquid reserves. So seeing how much you have in cash, um, that could help put your mind at ease. Um, the article goes on to say, after all, if you know that your liquid assets combined with any income you have coming in the door through Social Security or pension are sufficient to meet your living expenses, you are more likely to sit tight as your investment as your long-term investments fluctuate. Without such a cushion, it might be tempting to switch your long-term investments into a defensive posture, which you could regret when stocks begin to recover. So the tricky part here is so what what this is saying is your first checkpoint is to make sure you have those cash reserves. I noticed you said when stocks start to recover, inevitably, Aaron, they do. The markets well, yeah, inevitably we'll they do. It, it's Nobody just can ma- predict it, though. It's a matter of, you know, if you go back to March of 2021, uh, the news hit with COVID, right? It was a discussion whether or not it was going to be this V-shaped recovery. If the market was going to bounce back, there was a lot of people who didn't agree with that. There are people who did. Ultimately, we have now strung together the best three years in a row since 1999 with the, with the market. Again, big um, picture, right? So you do have to look a little long-term. But the tricky part here is, is there's an opportunity cost to over-allocating to cash. So if you have those cash reserves, you might not want to over-allocate the cash, especially with inflation on the front burner, as it has been recently. With low yields and no opportunity for capital appreciation, cash investors will probably end up in the red once inflation is taken into account. So you want to have a balance of how much you have in cash, but you want to you know have enough dry powder there so you're not getting nervous um, when the market does get a little bit more volatile. And investors, it's human nature to get a little jittery, right? A little nervous when you hear the word inflation. What yes. if you were to say this word, recession, which I'm not, I'm just saying, yeah. even the word correction. Yeah, those... Those are not very uplifting words here on this Saturday morning. No, no, they're not, Aaron. <laughs> but it's a fact of life when you're in the markets, right? Yeah, so and it's about having a plan, putting a plan in place, and, and understanding these details and how they apply to your specific situation. We talk uh, for a lot of our clients, we, or for all of our clients, as a matter of fact, we put their their um, individual plan through a stress test, uh, and in which we we test things on the downside and we plan for two years of a down market to make sure that their portfolio and plan can withstand that. So oftentimes it's in, in when we're meeting with our clients, it's not about looking at the markets and what the markets have done recently. It's about going back to their individual plan and reassuring them that, Hey, we've looked at this. We've, we've stress tested your portfolio. Uh, we plan for this and, uh, you know, it is okay just to turn off the news and, and wait it out. When you, we're looking at these things. I, I, I just, and if Jeff Kowal wants to ch- chime in here, but Aaron, you've got a lot to get to, so I'd, I don't want to bog you down. But when you said um, uh, things like uh, confidence and, and we overreact and we get emotional, and then you mentioned COVID and the V-shaped recovery, that did happen in all reality. So if you got out of the market, because of that, you did miss out on one heck of a run, right? Yeah, and that, that's the um, – you, you want to make sure that you're in a portfolio that you can withstand the ups and downs in and that you're not taking too much risk. Otherwise, it is tempting to, to get out of the market. And when you get out of the market, oftentimes that's followed by, unfortunately, two or three 
you know, of the best days of the year. Uh, and then you miss out on those. It's hard to make that up. So the trick there is being in a portfolio that you're comfortable with no matter what happens in the market. So the next bullet point here is reevaluate your long-term asset allocation. Um, so for a lot of clients, they may have started out three years ago in a 60% stock, 40% bond um, type of allocation. If they were in a set it and forget it mode or not working with a professional, that may have crept up and they now have more stock in their portfolio than they originally started with. Therefore, their portfolio has more risk than they expect. And therefore, when we have a drawdown in the markets, it, it hurts a little bit more. So we want to take a look at that overall um, mix of stocks and bonds in the portfolio. Not necessarily make a change now, but no, once things recover, we want to get back to a portfolio that they're comfortable with. And, and all the time with the approach, Aaron, and I assume that everybody's different with their risk tolerance level, right? Oh, yeah. You have I mean, the... Um, I, I, I mean, there are some individuals that I'll, I'll meet with in their 80s and they maybe don't need the money. Uh, therefore, they're okay with taking more risk. You know, we hear this saying that the older you get, the more conservative your portfolio should be. Well, it also depends upon the plan. And if, and if the, that particular individual doesn't need the money, um, they want to grow it for maybe their beneficiaries more aggressively, they'll take more risk. Um, for others, uh, they may you know, be much more conservative and, and that, um, helps keep them invested and that fits well with the plan. Yeah. Jeff, any thoughts on that? You've, yeah, I want to go back. Yeah. I'm sorry, Paul, you were saying, no, no, just, uh, your thoughts on what, you know, you've dealt with thousands of, of clients in your, in your, your career and everybody, as we go through things and events after nine 11, which is when yep. the show began, by the way, 20, a little over 20 years ago to recent, you know, with Russia and Ukraine, we always go through events. There's always times that things go up and down. Yep. And what Spitz was referring to is that sometimes people, you could screw up and live too long. And if you live too long and then you're out of the market and you've put, kept all your stuff in cash or a lot of it in cash and very safe, might not be able to keep up with the market and it might not be able to last as long as you do. The other part of that is with regard to inflation. Uh, Aaron mentioned that as well. Um, Nothing wrong with keeping some money in cash. Absolutely not. But if you look at inflation at seven and a half percent, if you're getting zero or a half a percent in savings and inflation is seven and a half percent, you're losing seven percent a year because you have too much money in cash. Again, not a bad idea to uh, keep some money in cash, but if you keep large amounts in there for a long time, as Aaron Kowal puts it, he says that's going broke safely. So you get 0% and you lose 7% a year on inflation, you're going broke safely. Yeah, a lot plays into this. Uh, Aaron, Jeff makes some really good points here. And, and that level of risk for all of us, we just handle it differently. Yeah, and I got another good tip here. <laughs> yeah. So here's, the, uh, here's one I've gotten a lot of questions on lately. Uh, for those that have recently retired, uh, you, you know, you retire, you had great, a couple great years in the market, and now you retire, and ah, you know, we turn the calendar over to January, and, and things start to get a little dicey with the market, and now you start to question how much money you're taking out of your portfolio every year. You know, we talk on this show a lot about the safe rate of withdrawal being 4% of your portfolio. So, again, if you have a million-dollar portfolio, taking out about 4% a year uh, typically is not going to put your plan in jeopardy of running out of money uh, before you die. Um, so in this situation, one of the uh, bullet points here is revisiting your withdrawal rate. 
Another part of your portfolio wellness check during volatile times is to take a closer look at your spending rate and consider making adjustments in a very weak market environment. After all, much of the research related to withdrawal rates points to a flexible withdrawal rate as greatly improving portfolios' longevity over many years. That means you can spend more in strong markets as long as you tighten your belt in very weak ones. Uh, so, you know, if you're maybe taking out a little bit more than 4%, maybe you take a look at your expenses and say, maybe I can back off for a couple months while I let this uh, market recover. It's not making a drastic change in Back your lifestyle. Back off on your actual expenses, Aaron? Well, no, just on how much you're taking out of your portfolio each each month sure. uh, to meet your your needs at home. You know, Maybe you have uh, some extra cash in the bank and you could utilize that for a little bit, again, using those liquid uh, cash reserves. Uh, but, you know, again, this doesn't apply to everybody, and I don't think we're really in that time of the market yet where you really have to back off. Um, but it is one of those tricks that could help um, – really put your mind at ease if you're worried about how much you're taking out of the portfolio or your plan going forward. And Aaron, a lot of people listening to the Retirement Clinic, if you're just joining us, Aaron Spitzner, Jeff Kowal with the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist will give out all the locations and contact info in just a, a, a little bit here. Some people look at retirement like a finish line. My goal is to retire, and here it is, the finish line. Maybe it's 62, maybe it's 65, whatever that age is. Once you cross the finish line, Aaron, you're not necessarily done with the race. Is that a corny analogy? You still have to use strategy and be proactive in retirement as you take those withdrawals. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of like uh, we've gotten to this mindset where once I get to a million dollars or once I get to one and a half million dollars, I'm done. Uh, and, and I can now retire, and I'm just going to not think about it. Well, there's, like you said, if you're, you may not have to think about it. And that's why you'd work with a planner, like somebody at Co the Kowal Investment Group, where we worry about that for you, allowing you to enjoy your retirement. But there's still a lot going on behind the scenes, uh, a lot of adjustments that need to be made or things that we need to plan for. Yeah. Jeff, any uh, thoughts on, on that? Because that's the theme of your show now for 20 plus years, the retirement clinic, that, that goal, that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, uh, that you want to spend years and enjoy and, and enjoy it with your family. But I, I guess when you hit that magical retirement time that uh, you still stay busy and you, you need that money, how much do you need? That's where you guys come in. They say the most, most important things in life aren't things. But the money can help buy the, the things and the enjoyment that you want. So we have to make sure that that money continues throughout your retirement. So we're very sensitive to that. Yeah, you always hear can many money buy happiness. My wife and I go back and forth in a joking way about this. No, I can't is my answer, but I can buy some things that could make you happy. <laughs> is that wrong? It buys a lot more than being broke buys you, so it buys Ex more happiness. So. Exactly. And, and also fear of the unknown. balance with it. We, we never know how long we're going to live, Aaron. All of us know we have an expiration date, but we just don't know when that is. That's true. You got to plan appropriately. Inspiration yep. date. Yes. The um, so I got one. Actually, two more things here. Uh, just and this is more for those that aren't quite retired yet. Um, as you're planning for retirement, to really take advantage of the um, you know setback in the markets here to to turbocharge your like that turbocharge your savings. Uh, so if you're looking 
at a looming retirement income shortfall and facing down market volatility at the same time, that can be an unnerving combination. So again, you're, you're like, ah, I'm a little bit short for my retirement and the market's going down. Um, one of the best ways to seize control is to scrutinize your budget in an effort to step up your savings rate. Of course, investing more in a down market can be a heavy lift, both logistically and psychologically. Uh, however, if you're able to put more money to work in the market when it's down, you'll have added to your portfolio at attractive valuations, thereby approving its long-term or long-run prospects. Uh, and it goes on to say here, on the plus side, many people getting close to retirement have already funded their short and intermediate term goals. They have, they may have also paid off their houses and helped their kids pay for college, so they have extra cash for savings. Financial planning guru Michael Kitsis notes that the empty nest transition provides an opportunity for people in their 50s and 60s to avert a looming retirement shortfall. He estimates, now this is interesting here, he estimates that 15 years of saving 30% of income, which is not easy, of course, before retirement can bring a too small retirement portfolio back to the brink. Uh, so you should favor tax-sheltered vehicles like IRAs and 401ks at that life stage, taking advantage of an additional $1,000 IRA and $6,500 catch-up contributions, which are allowable after the age of 50. So basically what it's saying is don't look at this as a time to be worried or, hey, my 401k is going down. You can look at this as an opportunity uh, and put a little bit more into your account. And if you're really short and you're worrying about how you can catch up for retirement, um, there you go. I mean, really start to um, cut back on your expenses at home if you're able to and and pile that money into the 401k. Most people now, I think Aaron Spitzner, after COVID, we've talked about the matches, that company coming back. So if there is a match, I think most of our listeners would take that, right? You take at least the match. But could many of us probably afford to up our contribution? Um if we're at five percent, maybe we make it six. Maybe we up it a little bit. Yeah, I think most people could. I think one of the big issues out there is education for retirement plans. Um, you know, there are a lot of people that just don't know where to go for for uh, information on that. You know, how much should I be putting away? Um, I think that's one thing we could do better at in society is educating people, not just that are, you know, in retirement, but those that are early in, in saving for retirement. I have a, a study we'll talk about in a little bit uh, to discuss some of those numbers and where people are going for their advice. But yeah, I definitely think people could afford to put away more if they knew what the benefit would be down the road. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the biggest step is maybe the first one, getting started, right? Getting started and, and seeing how it works and seeing your money grow and, and, and compound over time, I think is a powerful thing. Um, I've, I've been an advisor on 401k plans where it's younger participants just starting out. And, and at first, they're not as trustworthy of the process. But once they get involved, they see, you know, they don't miss the money. Uh, they see it growing. And, and I think it's one of those things. And they realize, you know, it's not just a scam that this is uh, <laughs> going to fund their retirement. And the sooner you start, uh, the better off you'll be. And Jeff, pensions are around. There's a lot of retirement tools in that toolbox, right? There's different things that you guys talk about all the time on the program, like Roth IRAs and you know things like that. But the 401k, outside of a pension, is what most probably listening can relate to the most. A lot of it, what we can say is that the most who have developed the most wealth, serious, important wealth, are those that have put money away on a consistent, regular, electronic basis. 
where they don't think twice about it. doesn't it has to do with return to some degree and what you put it into but if you never get the money in there and you don't have the discipline to put it in there uh, you'll never ha- you'll never see the good results as Aaron was saying if you could start I told both my daughters and and thankfully they're listening to me Aaron if you could start <laughs> When you're young, if you have the opportunity, let's just say you went to college and you're now 23 and you have your first job. If they offer you that 401k, you start and you've got that time on your side. It does work as intended. It is about the big picture. Now, in times like these, sometimes people do a little bit of, uh, it's, I call it the TMI syndrome. We have too much information coming at us. Yeah, that's you've led right into my last bullet point oh, here that look at this it's purely is luck it's almost like you read the article uh on your own at your own leisure here, i did Paul. not um the last one here is just stepping away from the action so really ways to um to protect yourself or your market survival guide here the last step is step away from the action having more free time in retirement gives you more opportunities to obsess over your falling portfolio it's one thing to turn off the financial news programs but when the market is really bad, discussions of the terrible market can turn up in general news outlets and social conversations too. Try to reduce your exposure to the bad news or to the news flow uh, to the extent that you can. Stay disciplined about your portfolio check-ins. So don't do it, you know, two times a day. I mean, I, I understand that you want to look at it here and there, but it's best to kind of turn that off and um, again just. Uh, Trust the approach that has worked for the many years prior to retirement. You know, part of the overall smartphone in our hand, uh, we've become a, a society, and this is a great, Sheriff David Clark actually has a pretty famous now quote that went viral about how we've got a society, people just, that phone is glued to their hand. And Aaron, whether it's Facebook or texting or whatever we're doing, and some of it's great if it can aid in our business and help us with technology, but sometimes it's not. Like, constantly checking your balance. Yeah. And going up and down with your emotions every time. Yeah. We talk about converting that data and the information that's on your phone into wisdom and how it applies to your situation. And that's the hard part. How You know, you could be overwhelmed uh, and consumed with all the data that's on your phone, but how do you convert that to wealth and how do you, or to, to wisdom and wealth and apply it to your situation? Haven't you said before, Jeff, or you or maybe Aaron Kowal or Spitzner here, Joe Spitz, somebody said that let you guys do the all the worry about it, the anxiety. Let you guys <laughs> worry it, about it. And and some people don't want to do their own investments, and maybe that's where you guys come in. I think Aaron Kowal says download your stress to us. Download your I- stress. To us, being us being the Kowal Investment Group, we do have to break. We'll hear from Aaron Kowal right after this commercial break with the Boss Bennett Business Owners Savings and Security. Aaron Spitzner is here in studio, and Jeff Kowal here as well on the Retirement Clinic every Saturday, WISN at 10 a.m. The sexy segment coming up later on in the program as well. The website, thekowalway.com. For more information, or call their office at 262 262- Five two two forty forty two six two five two two forty forty. The Retirement Clinic. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. 
Rules around small business taxes have changed significantly in the last two years, and this year is no exception. Many of the pandemic-era deductions and deferrals have come to an end, but business owners can still apply retroactively for certain pandemic-related benefits. Here are some of the biggest changes. Employee retention credit. This credit underwent three major changes in the last two years, which is why many business owners didn't know about it or didn't apply for it. Originally, the employee retention credit was not open to those who took out a PPP loan, but that changed with the second iteration, along with loosened up rules that limit how much a business could get. The program ended in September, but it's not too late to claim. Tax treatment of operating losses, how business owners can carry back or carry forward net operating losses, has changed a lot in the last few years. When the pandemic hit, the CARES Act waived rules and allowed business owners to carry back net operating losses. But now the rules have changed back again, and limits on net operating losses could mean additional income tax payments. Deferred Social Security. Under the CARES Act, employers could defer deposits of the employer portion of Social Security. Now those payments are due. Half was due at the end of 2021, and the other half is due at the end of this year. The IRS has warned that there will be penalties to any taxpayers who missed the December 31st deadlines. Fortunately, the impact of the overall tax rate for most small business owners won't be significant. The Build Back Better infrastructure bill, which included proposals to increase capital gains tax and other factors that would increase taxes, has not passed. With that said, given all the changes over the last two years, it's important to work with a team of professionals to ensure you aren't overlooking anything. If you need help with your business, give our office a call today at 262-522-4040 or visit thekowalway.com. Clinic, talking with Jeff Kowal, your host, of course, Saturdays here at 10 a.m. I'm Paul Cronforst. Aaron Spitzner is in the studio with a lot of good information, Aaron. Uh, we talk, um, we just heard from Aaron Kowal for the Business Owners Savings and Security. The boss minute, Jeff Kowal, is all about business owners because sometimes they maybe put their retirement plan on hold or at least on the back burner because they're busy with their own business. That's right. You have to pay attention to that. And a lot of business owners do think that their uh, ownership in their company is going to support their retirement. And for many people, that is the case. But it also makes sense to do other planning and make sure that the business goes to the person you want it to, that you have uh, uh, diversification with your investments, and make sure that you can have the life that you want beyond retirement as well. Jeff Kowal, you got a topic right now to dive into. Kind of an, an example how you know politics can can certainly get involved and are intertwined with the markets, right? This is going to be uh, interesting and, and, and uh, it gets a little ugly. So I, I you brace yourself for this, but former Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman um, was talking this last week about election fraud and possible criminality. He even called for decertifying the results in Wisconsin. And part of what was going on there is testimonies he got from older people who voted. Um, in Milwaukee, I think the number was something like 30 nursing homes in the city of Milwaukee, 1,050 residents, and 1,050 voted. Uh, so 100% voting and, and nearly 100%, 95 to 100% in all of these nursing homes. Um, they talked about uh, you know, 104-year-old voting, an 87-year-old with dementia, on and on. And they did interviews with with some of these people, residents and with their family. And they wonder, it was very heart-wrenching, uh, very difficult to listen to, but th- that gets into the, what's going on and elder abuse spreads stoked by a pandemic. 
And this is just another example of how uh, the elderly are getting abused. This is an article um, that talks about the elder abuse in Miami. Shirley Gibson's property, which had been in the family for over a century, was stolen by three men who forged the octogenarian's name on a deed and sold it in a virtual transa transaction that was regulated by federal law during the pandemic. And it was common. It was common during the enforcement, during the enforcement of the uh, lock-in. Uh, during the pandemic. In Memphis, they talk about new locks on his door with his son, was living with him. His son became abusive and started taking his money. Uh, such cases were reported across the country during the pandemic, contributing to a rise in elder abuse, usually defined as a deliberate or reckless act as physical, emotional, or financial uh, on somebody who's 60 or older. Number of big fraud victims increased by 55% between 2019 and 2020. That's according to Federal Bureau of Investigation's report on Internet crime. So 55% in one year, that's that's just like the, the rise in a lot of crimes by that rate, 55%. Um, Cases of elder abuse, which are increasing, the climb is expected to continue even after the pandemic ends, in part because of an aging population and a lack of trained and licensed caregivers. I thought that was important, that with fewer people in the workforce, they're having fewer and fewer, fewer uh, screened people um, helping them. They're using COVID as a weapon and social workers and others who investigate the reports of abuse and neglect could not meet vulnerable uh, older adults in person. So the helpers, the people that were um, the social workers couldn't see them in person. So they didn't know what was going on. A lot of them couldn't see what kind of physical condition they were in, what kind of mental condition. And we hear all the time about, um, you know, people couldn't see their loved ones in the hospital because of COVID. This all led to increased uh, cases of uh, elder abuse um, uh, during the pandemic. Uh, just a couple more examples and actually what to do. Uh, Miss Gust died a week after testing positive for COVID-19. This is sick. While make, making funeral arrangements that morning, Art Gust received a notification that his mother's credit card had been used at a local Wendy's four, four hours after his mother's death. Several other charges appeared on credit cards from Walmart, dollar stores, and a local used car dealership. <laughs> then they looked for an engagement ring, which she always wore. It was... Uh, she had from her late husband for 55 years. He said, Art Gus called a funeral home to see if his mother's engagement ring was there, valued at $13,800. If it was on her hand, guess what? Gone. It was It was gone. It, it was, was gone. not there. You said this was going to get ugly. This would be I know. It's appalling. It is. But you think of all the, not just with elections, but with physical abuse. Uh, and they say a lot of times it's family members that are doing it. This was somebody else. They used her credit card. They they found a ring at a pawn store. They Somebody turned it over there and got, got $900 for the ring. Um, so they at least recovered the ring. But man, all that stuff is going on. Well, there's again, sentimental attachments too, right? Sometimes it's not always monetary, just... That's right. It's not just the money, but, you know, mom loved that ring. She always had it on. 55 years she had it on. Jeez. So so it's, you know, it, it, it's uh, 
we have to be aware of it in this time. We are trained to, and we have to go through training that helps us identify, you know, if some of our clients are slipping or if maybe some things like this are happening, but you can't catch it all. You just have to be aware of it. You have to be careful. Again, a lot of it is family members, but watch out for the elderly. Pay attention. If you suspect something, check into a little bit further and get clarification. Go visit them. Go say hi. Just make sure everything's okay because a lot of times uh, it's people that are being left alone, uh, especially as they get older. Now you bring this up at a very kind of a critical time too, Jeff, as the country has gone through two years of COVID, which really kind of messed with nursing homes and the elderly, those that had the compromised issues already in their immune system. But it's a very sensitive issue, Jeff. Would you agree? Because you don't want to make false accusations. Yes. (laughs) It could break up families. Absolutely. And then you said the patient or the mom or dad who is the elderly a person we're talking about could be confused and maybe the yes. stages of that, that haven't been diagnosed. So you've got to tread lightly. But at that point being said, don't ignore it either, Jeff. Be proactive. and No, but you, it's easy to fall for this. They'll, you know, you'll get an email saying that um, you know, your granddaughter stuck in Portugal and your granddaughter's never been out of the country. But if you just send $3,000, well, of course you love your granddaughter and you want to help her out. Um, but even one of our family members got involved with that and he was going to send um, money and uh, Jane actually caught it in advance and said, are you nuts? She's never left home. She's, oh. she's not in Portugal. So, I, you know, it's one thing to be trustworthy of like emails. I think some people that don't get many emails in a day, Aaron, you're a business guy. You work at the you're a big financial guy at the Coal Investment Group. You probably get as many as I do. So I tend to be a little bit overly... Um, I question everything, Jeff, put it that way, probably to a fault, but others may not. And they might, you know, the old classic Nigerian prince email that we get, right? You joke about it, but some people do, um, they fall for it. I want to be one. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I'm accused of being a princess, but not a prince, but (laughs) no, uh, we won't go there. Is that yeah, a... you just have to be you just have to be uh, careful, and yeah, Nigerian prince things like that. I mean, some are fairly obvious, some are not. And especially if they tug at your heartstrings and say, you know, your granddaughter or your kid needs this money, and you know, if you send three thousand dollars to this uh, um, bank, that they'll get it. We've seen, we've heard about people that go to the bank, withdraw twenty thousand dollars at a time, give it to this poor guy because he needs the money, and. You know, it's a sad situation, but yep, it does it happen. Is. I guess, uh, and education is very important. How many times has our, our awesome guest, Carol, from the Social Security Administration, Jeff, said be careful uh, about what website you go on? Oh, yeah, you got to go to .gov, not .com. If you go to socialsecurity.com, you're in for trouble. If you go to socialsecurity.gov, you're at the right place, G-O-V. So, yeah, you're right. She brings that up all the time. It's just things. For good that, reason. Yeah, and things that you work with, I'm sure, on your your clients. I mean, first off, just technology alone, you need, I don't know how many layers I have to go into my to get an email here, Aaron. In the studio we sit, it's that third level often, to, you know, that, that stuff that takes about 20 minutes. But it works. It protects us. Yeah, just think uh, ten years from now how much how much uh, how many layers we'll have. But uh, like you said, it does protect you. And, and as much as we don't like doing it, uh, you know, it's a crucial part of of 
you know, maintaining our privacy. I, I know we got to break Jeff Kowal. Jeff, um, Aaron Kowal has, has in cybersecurity, guys. We've had guests on this show yep. talking about the importance of it and how critical it is. And it, we're only going to get more, you know, we have to be aware as a business owner to protect yourself. And cybersecurity is a big deal. Uh, a lot of good stuff in that segment. Questions off the air? Simple. Just call the Kowal Investment Group at 262-522-4040. Their website, thekowalway.com. Locations, of course, world headquartered Jeff Kowal in Waukesha. Then you're in Phoenix, Arizona. You are in you're in um, Port Washington. Washington. And Racine. I almost I almost forgot Spitzner's home office, which is... I, I, I was waiting here patiently. I was... I'm sorry, but that is your your kind of home base. There. Yeah, that's my home base. It, you know, a couple days in in Waukesha, well, about one day in Waukesha a week, and then the rest down in in Racine. Racine, the Highway 20, yep. uh, exit right off the freeway. You can't miss it. Thecowellway.com for more info. We are going to come back with today's sexy segment about wealth management and preservation, and that's going to be done by Aaron Spitzner. Also joining us, of course, is Jeff Kowal. Today's retirement clinic on WISN. We'll be right back. That music, it's the Retirement Clinic, and it's time for the sexy segment, this segment. Aaron Spitzner and Jeff Kowal are here hosting the show. I'm Paul Kronforst, and this segment is Aaron Spitzner about wealth management and preservation. But each week we have a different spin or a different topic, and this week you have that for us. Yes, that is that is correct. This week we are going to discuss inherited IRAs. Um, what you need to know and what your heirs need to know about them. Um, so if you have a good amount of money uh, tucked away into an, uh, an IRA, um, the odds are, you know, we, maybe you'll use all the money, maybe you won't, and maybe you'll, you'll have some questions about what happens with these funds after I die. Uh, you know, how does that transfer to my beneficiaries? How are they taxed on it? Uh, well, that's what this segment is about. Um, because you want to make sure uh, that they're aware of, of what their tax implications could look like um, when they have to take those funds out of the account, um, just so there aren't any surprises. Um, adult children and many other people who inherit, and again, I just got to stop now. This is an article from uh, the Financial Advisor magazine, so I have to give them credit because I think they do a good job laying out uh, some of the details here of inheriting the an IRA and, and what your options are. Yes, well done. Always give your source. Yes, I got to give my Spitzer. source. Yes, yep. I learned that in college. Uh, oh, always. Yeah. And with we talk about TMI. Yeah. Follow the source. It's critical. Yes. Well, you know, sometimes in the news and all that, we don't go down that rabbit hole, but I feel like they try to hide their sources at times. But oh, uh, here at, on the retirement clinic, we proudly give out our sources. Totally yes. transparent, yes. <laughs> but anyways, it's, it's a great article here, uh, and it starts here that adult children and many other people who inherit an IRA must empty the account within 10 years. Of course, with each withdrawal they make, taxes come due. This 10-year empty-out-the-account requirement doesn't apply to everyone, though. Spouses, minor children, and disabled or chronically ill heirs can extend their IRA disbursements for the rest of their lives if they so choose. So if uh, you you pass and your money goes to your beneficiaries, uh, if it's your, your children or whoever it may be, um, they would have 10 years to, to empty out that IRA and disperse all those funds to their bank account. And for every dollar they take out, 
they pay tax on that. But that 10 years seems like enough time. Am I correct? Yeah, it, it oftentimes seems like enough time, uh, but you want to take advantage of those 10 years. Uh, so a good strategy, for example, is, you know, if you receive a, an inherited IRA, instead of just stretching those out for 10 years, you could do it you know, equally every, every year for 10 years. Um, or you can adjust those withdrawals in a thoughtful manner that will be benefit or that will benefit your tax situation. So in years that you maybe have lower income, maybe you take out a little bit more of that inherited IRA. Or when you have higher income, maybe you, you know, pump the brakes and you don't take out as much uh, from that inherited IRA. So, you know, you have to be aware that it does have to be taken out in 10 years. You, you know, it's at your discretion, however much you want to take out each year. Um, but it's something to be careful of because it, it can be tempting to, hey, wow, look at I, in, I inherited this. Um, I'm just going to take a big withdrawal, send it to my bank account, and then Woo-hoo, you get buy find, buy Corvette. Find yourself in a higher tax bracket. So um, this is as much for the the owner of the IRA as the beneficiaries, because as you're planning um, your retirement and you're you know naming those beneficiaries on the account, making sure that they're educated on what their options are is very important. Um, if if this situation happens with the Coal Investment Group, uh, we educate the beneficiaries on what their options are um, and let them know how it would fit their financial situation. Now that doesn't always occur. Um, if you're working, you know, for example, with a call center somewhere, you may just have, Hey, yeah, you got to take over this inherited IRA. They don't really educate you on what your options are. And next thing you know, that's where you could find yourself in a higher tax bracket, withdrawing those funds and more of it goes to the government. than Do, do most like. of these people that inherit the, whatever it is, an IRA or, or whatever, do they, know about it are they aware they're inheriting um do i it's a tough one i would say that um most of them know that they're inheriting it they just don't know how to inherit it yeah (laughs) we usually advocate for the conversation to happen too so there aren't any surprises so they know they are the beneficiary in most cases you're saying but i suppose there's some where they don't know yeah um so because, it could be, because you never know. Sometimes it could be a the, surprise. Sometimes the beneficiaries change from year to year, depending upon you know maybe who you like best. Well, they do change, and yeah. don't you want to keep your Jeff? How often have have we talked about the lack of an estate plan in America these days? Right. Right, but what Spitz is talking about, absolutely. So you have to pay attention to that. Reduce it to writing. If you have some specific uh, requests, bequests, make sure you reduce it to writing. Uh, also, what Aaron was was commenting on was you know if you have if you're in a lower tax bracket in certain years you have to drain the account in 10 years a lot of times the beneficiary is going to be at the peak of their income so they don't wouldn't want half a million dollars coming in in one year so then you look at spreading it out over 10 years perhaps instead of taking it all out in one year right so there's there's a lot of planning involved with the beneficiaries of iras and roth iras and we, one of the ways to, to reduce that tax burden down the road, too, with proper planning is, is to consider Roth conversions. So if you want to help eliminate uh, your beneficiary's tax burden, you could essentially prepay their tax. Well, you know, how do you do that? Uh, you'd be converting the money from the traditional IRA to the Roth IRA. So we talk about that a lot on the show. Um, and, and in doing so, you're really, again, when you convert the money from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA, you pay tax on it. You never have to pay tax on that money again. Um, 
so it, it's really is a way to reduce their future tax burden um, with that planning strategy. If, if you're older than the age of 72, you first have to take out your required minimum distribution. Again, that's the amount that the government wants you to take out every year, whether or not you need the money, uh, just to tax you on it. And then above and beyond that, you could process Roth conversions to, to in a sense, uh, reduce the, the future tax burden of your beneficiaries. Good stuff. Today's sexy segment uh, with the Kowal Investment Group on the Retirement Clinic with Aaron Spitzner and Jeff Kowal. Aaron, that, that was good, but you've got a minute or two before the break. You did want to sneak something else as a, an addition to today's segment. Yeah, I, I, as I was preparing for the uh, the show today, I ran across some some pretty interesting stuff, and it was uh, some surveys that were were recently done about uh, where people get their financial advice. Um, and let's see here if I can find that article here. There's the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors ran the study. Um, and what they found is that some 39% of consumers get their advice from online or social media. Now, I'm going to kind of cherry pick some things out of this article because there are a lot of numbers and it could get really confusing. But just some of the things that caught my attention. Uh, so they talked about 2,000 adults aging from 18 to 64 in early November. And only 21% of the respondents said they got their financial advice from a financial advisor. Uh, 20% say they got it from their parents. 18% of the respondents say they got their advice mainly from social media. And 11% got it from an online blog or website, or, and then another 24% from the website. But the one that catches my attention is the 18% uh, from social media. I mean, because there are pretty substantial blogs out there, really good articles um, that we get a lot of our material from as well. Uh, but from social media, I'd be a little bit more concerned about the advice uh, that you're getting. But I saw it on TikTok. Yeah. It must be solid advice. You mm -hmm. are exactly right. That is great. You know, we'll come back. And to make sure, I talked about the source before, being in news and radio, always know your source. We're going to give you all the good information for the Kowal Investment Group. A quick break with Aaron Spitzner and with Jeff Kowal. Good, sexy segment today. A lot of good information on the Retirement Clinic here on WISN. Just enough time with Jeff Kowal and Aaron Spitzner. Today's retirement clinic with the Kowal Investment Group. Jeff, a lot of good information. How do I reach out to you off the air? Of course, you, the best way of doing it is to call us at 262-522-4040, or go online at thekowalway.com. It's K-O-W-A-L, The kowalway.com and you can request an appointment online. That's a great way to do it as well. If you're close to already in retirement with $750,000 or more in retirement assets, uh, give us a call if you're a do-it-yourselfer that's just tired of getting whipsawed by the market um, and you want to get some help finally with that, come on and see us. If you have assets scattered all over and you want to consolidate, that's a big reason why a lot of people come to the Kowal Investment Group. We've got great people like Aaron Spitzer and others, uh, the whole team. We all talk the same language. We all talk retirement planning. Do it yourself first. If you have assets scattered all over, give us a call and let's start to work together. Yeah, speaking, Aaron Spitzner, thanks for your time. You and the rest of the staff keep us up to date with those market reports on WISN 3 and 5 p.m. news blocks. Monday through Friday. Then we're back every Saturday. So we'll see you next week, Jeff Kowal. Great retirement clinic today. Sounds great. And you too, Aaron Spitzer. Thank you so much. Thanks. It was a lot of fun. 
and our listeners, thank you for tuning in to now over 20 years of the Retirement Clinic, thekowalway.com. For more information, I'm Paul Cronforst on WISN Milwaukee.